That was this was on Twitter. It was on Twitter. Oh yeah. dear. Yeah. Patrick, 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 Patrick. Sometimes I pop in. Like, so see you what's going dip on. dip back into the the poison well. I just walk. I just walk back like a dog to his vomit. I have returned. No, it's like walk back in, peep peep in. What's going on? What's her? Oh, they're fighting again. Everything's the same. Okay. All right. Everything's the same. <laughs> Everything good. changes. Nothing stays the same. I feel like getting back on Twitter is that scene where Captain Jack Sparrow goes to Tortuga and he immediately gets slapped by two women. That's what it would be like <laughs> <laughs> if I went back no, on Catholic Twitter. That's not even. That's not even. <laughs> That's not like I'm sorry, I'm looking around my apartment for the lie. I can't find the lie. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that doesn't care that King Henry VIII was athletic in his younger years. It's your boy Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I was just reading Hilaire Bellocks. Uh, <laughs> biography of King Henry the Eighth, and he talked about how I, he was I, I athletic listened. in his younger years, and I don't buy so? it. I don't care. You don't buy it? No. Apparently, he was a good sure writer. Whatever that means. I know. I I was I was into a history of England podcast for a while yes. because of my Belloc kick. I wanted to like I wanted to like get deep into like that era of of of, uh, of English history, and it was interesting because it was a very pro English perspective. And by pro English, I mean it was very pro Anglican. Mm. Like the the uh, the guy, he was like, "Well, now I'm an atheist, but I have a fond recollection. I have a fond memory of the Anglican Church." And he was very pro Anglican in the way that he analyzed history he, to the point of like disparaging Thomas More and like praising Cromwell or whatever his name was. There was um, Cromwell, and then there was Cranmer, and then there was Cromwell again. Yeah. It's hard to keep them all straight. It's hard to keep them all straight, but he, he was like, he was like, oh yeah, you know, Thomas, Thomas Beckett wasn't that great. Thomas More wasn't that great. John, what's his name? Fisher wasn't that great. And I'm like, these guys are literally canonized saints. What have you done with your life? Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. It was, it was just, it was really goofy. But uh, one thing that he did, he did mention, he was like, you know, Henry gets a lot of, Henry gets a lot of flack, but he was very athletic in his younger years. <laughs> is that true? Is that really what he said? <laughs> he did talk about it. He spent a lot of time talking about, he's like, we think of King Henry VIII as this old fat guy, but he was very attractive. Very and attractive. He's like, that's he's... why all these women wanted to marry him. And I'm like, well, I don't know if you have to explain why women wanted to marry the, the king, king of England. Yeah. I don't think you had uh, to explain that. He, he was a sickly man. That's the thing, is that he was very athletic. He was also super yeah. smart, which is, a lot of people forget that he really loved the Eucharist. Uh, which is a huge bummer for everything else that happened. Huge bummer. But he did love the Eucharist. So doesn't that isn't that just a, isn't that just a great uh, a great a great warning to all of us that no longer no matter how much you love the Eucharist you could be had your second wife. You could yes, and your third, and your fourth. <laughs> now nah, I'm pretty sure the fourth one. No, nah, yeah, she died too. It, and then and the fifth. Oof. No, not and, not eighth. and the fifth and the fifth and the fifth. <laughs> Henry the Eighth, Eighth wife. I don't know. That's, that's pretty good. What's going on? Welcome to what, with me. Once, welcome to Monday afternoon at two twenty-five p.m. Central Standard Time. It's your boy Ethan. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think that we were here five days ago recording I know. the pod at late at it night. Usually, I'm still late at night. I'm oh, still recovering gosh. from that podcasting session. Me too, because I was unable to recover from the podcast. Like I after <laughs> after we hung up, like I said. 
I was unable to recover from the podcast, not just the podcast, but also after we hung up on the podcast, I like worked until two in the morning. Why would you do that? Um, because I had a meeting the next day and I really want, I didn't want to wake up in the morning early and do the work. I was like, I want to get the rough draft done, wake up in the morning and then finish the rough draft. I'm going to send you the book boundaries and I'm going to make you give me a book report on it. (laughs) Um, sorry, my, my email just went off. I forgot to turn off my email. Turn off your email. So I'm getting distracted. Stupid email. No, I just, the the sound went off and I wanted to make sure that it was silent. So if we had to use the OBS, you could cut it anyway. Uh, no, this was not. This was not a, a work thing. This was a. Uh, this was a side hustle thing. So oh. it's supposed to be done not during work hours. Um, but anyway, I, I got a lot done, and actually, it was it was cool because I was in a very creative space after mm. recording the podcast, and I presented the script to the guy, my client, and hot diggity dang, he loved it. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah, no spoilies, but it's gonna be it's gonna be good. But anyway, so I I stayed up till two, and then I woke up the next morning and I slept. Like until eleven, obviously, because that's what happens when you stay up till two. And then uh, the following night, I was so tired, I went to bed. I woke up fine, but the night after that, so so two nights ago, okay, all right, I could not fall asleep until four o'clock in the morning. Wow, I could not do it. Couldn't do I it. I couldn't do it. He was trying. It's, it sucked. I was like squeezing my eyes real tight. Nothing. Was your wife in and bed I, with you? No. Oh, she's, she's on, gone. She's on a she's on a vacation. She's, she's on, on a trip. to go visit her sister. She was supposed to come back now. I was supposed to pick her up from the airport and then go to record the podcast. I was supposed to do. I was supposed to go from work to the airport to the home to the podcast. That's good. But she just couldn't get on one from she couldn't get on one from where her sister lives to Chicago, which is the hub. But the she hub. yeah. So she's flying she's flying uh standby, which is life when you fly standby. But so I can't I don't get to see my wife until 8:50 or midnight tonight. Boo. It sucks. I know. Huge bummer. Well, I'm sorry that you didn't. Uh, you were unable to fall asleep all alone in your bed. Uh, and then I had life night the next night. Oh yeah. So I, I was like, it was like a busy day. I had to go to work. Mm. I barely made it to mass. I woke up at 11:45, and I was like, mass is at 12:30. It's the last mass I can go to. Oh, Patrick. But I made it. Yeah, you got to make sure you make mass a priority. It it was indeed a priority. That's but what my, they say. My my. my uh, my alarm went off, but my body did not go off. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like my body was like, "We're we're we're still asleep, man." Mm-hmm. The alarm's beeping, but I'm asleeping. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Thanks. No, but I do. I do have. A, I do have a firm recollection of. I went to bed at four, but I woke up at six, as if my my body was waking me up for the day. Yes. And I was like, no, and I still had trouble falling asleep. And I was like, go, dude, sleep, go back to bed, and I did. But then I woke up at eleven. Okay. So it all worked out in the end. Yeah. That's good. May have been trying to sleep as hard as I did. Probably made it harder for me. Yeah. What were you doing all day that made you not able to really, Did you drink coffee at 10 p.m.? I don't know. What were you doing? That's, no, I had. Did I had you a, expose I had yourself nice... to an exceeding amount of blue light before that going That might have been it. Yeah, that could be. Maybe I was working all day. You forgot to drink your sleepy time tea. <laughs> I forgot to drink my, my lavender chamomile tea, which... Mm-hmm. Thanks to uh, the now Emma Stevie, I'm super into lavender chamomile did, tea. Did you have tea when you were here? Is that I did. She okay. she said I went off to the airport and I was like, I want some tea, and I was like, but I don't have time to drink it. And she was like, here's a to go cup. She gave me a to go cup, and I drove her car to the airport uh, to pick up my my wife, and I was drinking this lavender chamomile tea, and I was like, man, this stuff is awesome. <laughs> this is so good. And so I made Phoebe get it, and I drink it sometimes when I'm just like chilling. That's great. And, you know. Emma's spreading the tea gospel. It's great. I'm probably going to have some tonight while I wait for my wife to fly in from Chi-Town. 
when people come to the Stevie household, two things happen. They get rid of their TVs and they start drinking some tea, please. Tea, please. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I'm glad you're doing better uh, you now. Know, you, you should seem... know these three things of the Stevies. Mm-hmm. No TVs. Yes, T, please. All right. So this week, this week I want to talk about COVID policies and the way we talk about them. All Everybody, right, Patrick. Is... So let me just right. make sure you're, you're speaking clearly. We're going to talk about the coronavirus. We're indeed going to talk about the coronavirus. All this right. podcast can't be monetized on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Only if so we say, talk. only if we have disinformation on this podcast. Only if we have disinformation. No, there, there was a while where you couldn't even. You couldn't have anything say, about it. Oh, yeah, wow. you couldn't even say coronavirus. COVID nineteen on, on a YouTube video. Wow. Yeah, it was at the beginning when like pandemic came out and like yeah. people were like, "Whoa, why did the?" Anyway, we're not gonna get into that. Dang it. Uh, okay, so before we do that, though, I we need to recognize this is this is all scripted. So I got I got to. Okay, Patrick, he's I, reading straight from a page. I gotta get, I gotta get in the, I gotta get in. The, this is a new, a new thing we're trying. Patrick to told me that I can interrupt him at every time, at any point. And I'm going to abuse Actually, that privilege. Actually, par- there are paragraphs, so never mind. You can't. <laughs> you wrote so much. Yeah, but it's fine. This it's is not, supposed to be dynamic. We're supposed to just it is be dynamic back, back and forth. All right. But there's, there's like, there's like, I'm actually reading like, and there's an article that I wrote, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to pull like examples. I don't just want to be like, oh, I, I underlined this, and I gotta find it, you know, like we usually do. You're making fun of me. I don't. Like I am it. making fun of us. Making fun of us. Okay. That's what it's our charm. All right. <laughs> this week, I wanted to talk about COVID policies and the way we talk about them. But before we do that, we need to recognize how needlessly partisan these discussions have become. Somehow, the liberal position leans towards the over-cautious side, and the conservative position leans towards less caution. And it's sad because this discourse consists in two sides yelling at each other instead of finding the Aristotelian mean, so to speak, between these two extremes. And I have to admit that over the course of the pandemic, I myself have waffled between these two extremes, joining in the fun of laughing at both the overly restrictive COVID policies or at unhinged anti-masker protesters. Uh, But in practice, I realized I tend to follow the COVID precautions that best fit my personal taste at the moment, which I understand is quite literally the opposite of virtue. Uh, What I hope to do in this episode is not label our podcast or ourselves in either camp. What I want to do is bring this conversation to bring to this conversation a concept that is foreign to American conversations and frankly, quite terrifying to most people. And that is the concept of nuance. Um, So are you are you down? Are you down to talk about this? I have no choice. You have no choice. You you were already you've already read the first third of your script, so we can't go back. Yeah, we can. Uh, So I'd like to start out with the observation that there is a difference between wisdom and expertise. And this observation comes from an article that I read in, yes, again, New Polity magazine. Uh, I'm going to keep going to that well until it runs dry. dry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, An expert is defined as uh, expertise is defined as perfection of a human capacity for knowing or doing something that is. And this is the most important part. It is not immediately directed towards the human end. So you can't have like expertise in fortitude, but you can have expertise in theology or biology. Mm. These things are not immediately directed towards the human end. Knowing about, right. uh, it's not immediately directed, so it can help you. Like knowing about what the Trinity is can help you towards the human end of human flourishing, um, but it's not absolutely necessary for the human end. So Slife, the author of the uh, the author of the article, thinks, and I agree that in our current day, we prefer experts more than wise men and women, and this is largely due to the fact that I don't think we have a shared vision of what wisdom actually is. 
so the 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 important thing we need to keep in mind during the rest of this podcast is like the the distinction between expertise and virtue and how our society prefers expertise more so than virtue and i think if you've been paying attention to the news at all you can see where i'm going with this yes. it's like the title of the article was trust the experts which is something that i've heard over and over and over mm-hmm, again mm-hmm. um and i know you have as well and there was something that didn't sit right with me you know, when it came to trust the experts, but mm-hmm. I didn't exactly know what it was until I read this article. So hmm. what happens in a society that worships experts more than the truly virtuous? Well, without virtuous men and women to guide it in what is truly just, morality becomes simply moralism, which is a stance of moral language. Uh, moralism is a an instance where moral language is used to encourage acts that have a semblance of morality, but in reality are empty. So... Today we and and he um he gave a he gave a pretty good example of a a couple of instances of of moralism like a moralism would be um we must we must save lives at all costs like one life saved one life lost is too many mm-hmm. which is a moralism it's actually it's actually not true that one life lost is too many life lost is bad but that implies people die that, every day for lots of reasons. Exactly, and he he mentioned the uh, the scroll of, and I think we talked about this. We talked about this last week about how people were putting the death toll of COVID next to the death toll of Pearl Harbor and 9/11, which yeah. were preventable tragedies orchestrated by human beings. Whereas this is a disease that you couldn't stop from happening. You know, you couldn't like you couldn't stop from happening. You can make you can make arguments that like, well, if we had done this, X, Y, or Z. We could have we could have had fewer deaths, but again, it's like the first person to get COVID who died that was inevitable. That mm-hmm. was going to happen, and mm-hmm. so it's like you can't you can't you, the, these moralisms they don't um, they don't actually mean anything. Correct. They just they're just pious sounding things. Yes. Yes. And so he says he says that these days we quite often illegitimately deploy moral language as a way to pass something off. Uh, pass off something other than genuine human greatness as the end to which all our actions must be subordinate. So what that means is like sometimes we say things um, to make another end besides human greatness the uh, the the rule. So like how do we how do we how do we organize our lives? We organize it around what is truly good and just, mm-hmm. or do we organize it around you know one life one life lost is right. is too many? You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. For example, he said, this is, a, this is a quote from his article, quote, a glaring if minor example is the 1,288, quote, public health professionals and community stakeholders that signed an open letter stating, despite the Black Lives Matter protests were risky for COVID-19 transmission, they were too, quote, vital to the national public health, end quote, to condemn. Even at a time when, across the country, businesses and even churches were being shuttered, the letter outright says that, quote, public health best practices, end quote, should be observed during protests, quote, to the extent possible, end quote. Um, And I don't think this is a condemnation of those protests themselves, but it shows what moralism ends up being. It allows you to hold two contradictory ideas at once, namely that it's essential to break public health measures occasionally and also public health measures should be universally followed at all times. The letter even said, quote, this should not this should not be confused with a permissive stance on all public gatherings, particularly protests against stay at home orders, end quote, since those protests explicitly, quote, oppose public health intervention. So in the this was the this was the contradiction that we saw 
that we saw conservatives upset about during the in June of last year during the Black Lives Matter protests where yes. you know, you'd see memes of like coronavirus trying to decide if I'm protesting against racism or covid mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. coronavirus will only will only hurt me if I'm protesting covid right. it's um moralism is is allows for those two contradictory things to happen at once and um it'll defer to whatever the ex the quote unquote experts get to decide what those moralisms are um, I shouldn't say quote unquote experts because they are experts, but that's the thing is like they're making this rule, right? That, oh, it's okay for these protests to happen, but it's not okay for these other protests to happen because those guys are crazy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Those, those people are out of line. And again, it's like if someone wants to protest, I don't think that my business should close. They have the right to do that. You know, like mm-hmm. they, they, they should do that if they so if they so choose. But, you know, obviously it's like, a protest where people are getting together and saying, oh, the this this pandemic was planned by Bill Gates to f- shoot us up. That's obviously stupid. You know what I mean? Right. But that wasn't what those protests were. Sure. But like the the moralistic idea would 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 have us have us believe that. And yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that any of these protests are wrong. I'm not saying that any of these positions are wrong Um because even even Slife says that moralism doesn't need to be wrong in order to be moralism. It can mm-hmm. it can lead you to a good end. Like, hey, we I would I would actually argue that we should have had those protests happen even with the risk involved. Okay. Yeah. I think that I think those protests were good. I think protesting the death of an unarmed black man at the hands of an armed police officer who was kneeling on his neck. I think those protests are a good thing. Yes. I think we should protest wrongful death like that. And I would even say it was good to do it despite the danger that it posed to the people that were protesting. But like at the same time, that that shows that like that um that that shows a need for for wisdom, right? Like you need you need wisdom to be able to decide prudence to be able to decide when is it right to circumvent public health measures, public health recommendations, and when is it wrong? Mm. Um, what this reveals is that moralism is not a consistent way to develop values in a society, as they're often contradictory. Uh, consider how one person can believe we must protect the most vulnerable in regards to abortion, but that, quote, national sovereignty is a basic right, end quote, in regards to refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Moralisms don't serve to make you a better person. They serve to bolster specific agendas. And I'd like to add, like, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to know your thoughts on moralism in general, Ethan, mm. um, and if you see it anywhere else. Man, this is so hard for me because I don't pay attention to anything, um, <laughs> and so the ones yeah. that you've highlighted are probably the ones that I'm the most familiar with because the abortion one is one that I care about, you know, and believe that vulnerable lives are ought to be protected. Um, but, but I also recognize uh, that it when it's actually implemented has some problems, but I can't really think of any other ones that are like super out there. I think, I think moralisms reveal themselves in certain cliches that we say all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, in that, in that article, in that, the customer's always right is a good one. The customer's always right is a really good moralism. It, that, that rule, it, it, uh, cause the funny thing is, is that no business owner actually believes that. Yeah, <laughs> it's only people who are uh, firmly believe that they are on the correct side of some kind of confusion at the customer service desk in Target or whatever. Precisely, and it's 
Customer's always right. That's actually a really good one because what is it? What is it there to do? It's not there to order you towards virtue. It's there to order you towards a certain kind of behavior. Yes. That achieves an end. Yes. So moralisms are not. Moralisms see human action as a means towards an end instead of a good in and of themselves. Like mm-hmm. it sees morality as a means to an end. So the customer's always right. What does it serve to do? It makes Why do it, people say that? It makes it so that they can get whatever it is the thing that they want, right? Better, it, it, better it, service, yeah. whatever product they're better trying pizza, to. Better pizza, Papa John's. It says. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it says that's a moralism. Says, better ingredients, that's a moral, better, better pizza, pizza. <laughs> Papa John's. It's, it's, there so, it's there for two people. One, so that you know the mm-hmm. customer keeps coming back. It's also there so that the employee gets his toes in line. You know what I mean? yeah. yeah. So like when I tell a when I tell a customer at Bob Evans to say please when they ask me for a spoon, um, everyone thinks it's hilarious because obviously no one thinks that customer's always right. But that moralism is what makes that woman feel like she's entitled to a free meal mm-hmm. that she's not entitled to mm-hmm. simply because I she perceived a slight on behalf of the totally. person giving her the meal. Yeah. yeah. Even if even if I had said, you know, I don't like you, and I think that your glasses look weird, that doesn't entitle you to a free meal. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's like th- these moralisms, these moralisms are, are they, they are purely for uh, some kind of material gain mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, they, this, this, uh, this journal, this journal in- installment or whatever from New Polity republished a, a French writer at the, at the turn of the 19th century, the 20th century, excuse me, uh, his, his exegesis of commonplaces. Mm. And that, the, that word in, in, in French means like essentially cliches. So it was like an exegesis of cliche. And so certain cliches, like I am what I am or follow your arrow or, mm-hmm. uh, live your truth. Like certain things like that. We, what that, what those words were, what those cliches were back in the day. It's that those, those are moralisms as well of like, Oh, live your truth or, but th- those, those moralisms stuff that we say all the time without thinking about it, cliches, mm-hmm. uh, they don't actually communicate truth. That's what a moralism is. It's something that doesn't communicate truth. It communicates a modified behavior, which, okay. I, 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 now move, moving on to the, my script's not over, Okay, I'm, but I'm it's ready. not, it's not, it is close to over. Moralism is not a purely progressive vice. I want to underscore that. Um, and I think, I think cancel culture is an example of this. The, the the moralism of cancel culture is that we have to plat displatform we have to deplatform people when they do bad things that's a that's a moralism right like uh-huh. uh, you what 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 do people say when someone does you're you're problematic you yes. know like someone's problematic so they need, deserve to be deplatformed but the conservative reaction against cancel culture is also it's also a moralism that cancel culture is always bad or that like oh we have cancel culture nowadays is like this idea that you know, people don't deserve certain consequences for their actions. Like, oh, this comedian who who was who was kind of like sexually pressuring his fans, he doesn't deserve to be deplatformed because it's cancel culture. It's like, no, he actually probably does deserve to be deplatformed because mm-hmm. he has this he has this influence that he has abused. Yeah. That influence should be taken away. Right. You know? Yeah. Like this woman who tweets racist things and uses her platform to belittle people should have that taken away you know it's like that that's and that's the thing is like that's that's leading from wisdom but these two maxims of like oh deplat we need to deplatform everyone who whoever does something that that i don't like you know that's like the reaction against that is yeah. that yeah you know what i mean i i don't know i kind of disagree with you because like, that's a first i know <laughs> hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch 
Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. That's the... <laughs> like... To, are we talking about, like, they should have their platform digitally taken away? Because I think if we just, like, treat the digital medium as an extension of a person's thoughts and ideas um, to begin saying that someone ought to have their freedom of expression taken away because they're doing something that's perceived to be wrong mm-hmm. is like, I don't know, uh, a little sketchy to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this is the issue. Sorry. I should have okay. spoken in, I should have spoken in particulars because gotcha. one of the problems with one of the problems with, uh, moralism is it takes true things and makes them absolute. Mm-hmm. So like some people do deserve to not have influence anymore. Like I would argue and I think justly in, we can speak of particular cases. I don't think Harvey Weinstein should be in Hollywood. Correct. I don't think that he deserves to have that kind of power and influence. Let's speak of like a, a another specific case that I just know a little bit more about. Mm-hmm. The the specific case of John Christ, a John Christian Christ. comedian. This is the one that it's interesting to me. It's like, should we? Is it right to? Okay, we expose him, right? Let's just put all the all the truth, all the cards out on the table, make sure everybody mm-hmm. knows about it. And then if he still wants to do comedy and people still want to pay to listen to him, is like, is that? Who are we to, to determine that then, you know, at a certain point of, of cancellation levels, you are no longer allowed to exist in public life if you haven't done anything illegal? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that, that's, that's the that's interesting a, question. That is an, it is an interesting question, but it's funny because both both ways of determining, right? Like, so the Twitter in general deciding this person should be quote unquote canceled. Yeah. And his fan base decided it's still a tyranny of the majority. It's still a, sure. it's still a tyranny of democracy. It's just like people. Well, the, no, the only, it's, not, it's not a tyranny of democracy because on for... John Christ's fans, if they all realize, oh, dude, th- this guy was pressuring girls to do sexual favors for him so he would give them tickets. Mm. Um, if they all agree that, like, yeah, that's pretty egregious and we're not going to pay for his stuff anymore and he keeps trying to do comedy, then he's not going to make any money. But the difference is, is on Twitter, a whole bunch of people who have never heard of and don't care about John Christ can decide that for his fans, right? I and see I'm not, what you're saying. I'm not defending his actions, right? But I'm mm-hmm. saying that, uh, and, and a lot of times that, that decision is not just made by people who hear about it. It's made by the people who control the platform itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. is like a, uh, a question, right? And I think that's something like connecting it back to the original premise is something that's happened with the coronavirus thing too, is yeah. that it's like, instead of people just deciding for themselves, Oh, this guy's kind of off base. I'm going to, you know, stop supporting him mm-hmm. because of this influx of the people who control the platform, trying to like get rid of it. It creates this like, negative energy you yeah. know and, and so I, think, I think that underscores the point that i was making yeah. earlier which is like which is like the people who the people who make policy surrounding coronavirus are experts they're not they're not necessarily wise yeah. the people who run digital media platforms are tech experts they're not necessarily wise yes the people who are even john christ the people who are deciding that john christ is canceled the people who are deciding that the people at netflix who canceled his special mm-hmm. are not necessarily wise they're just tech exec they're tech experts and they're making they're they're media experts and they understand that people won't watch they're pr experts they understand yeah. that people won't like netflix anymore if they support john christ right and so it's like these things are happening not because because someone is saying and i i'm of the opinion i'm of the opinion that if a person abuses their influence 
they should no longer have that influence. But that's the thing is, I don't think that we can trust John Christ's fans uh-huh. or Twitter to make that decision. Right. So we, we, everything gets arbitrated by the, the pontiff, you know, because yes. that's the only no. <laughs> like what well, I don't know what the solution you're proposing is, because if, if yeah. everyone has the opinion that you have, then people who will be unjustly have their influence taken away. Right. Certainly. So People, it, yeah. it it can't be it can't be up to the individual. The 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 solution that's not really a solution because it's it's so it's such a high lofty realization. I, I think I think at a certain point we just I I think I okay. We um, need to have okay. a tribunal in front of the Roman Pontiff where we take people who have said problematic things on Twitter and let Pope Francis decide. That's what we need to do. It's it's funny because the solution is that everybody needs to be more virtuous. Yes. But the Correct. problem is we don't have a we don't have structures in place within liberalism, which I, by that I mean classical liberalism that has existed since the eighteen hundreds, not left leaning politics. I think we've made that clear enough on this podcast. Some people start listening. That's true. Nobody starts listening to this podcast. We yeah, only have existing is. listeners. We don't have any <laughs> new listeners. Uh, by liberalism, like so, within liberalism, I don't think there's a structure. Because we all have competing ideas of the good. We all mm-hmm. have competing conceptions of the good. And the, the liberal falsity of, of neutrality, like the liberal idea of neutrality doesn't exist. Where, oh, you know, like we're, we're neutral. We're not going to say that's good, that's bad. We're just going to let the market decide mm-hmm. what good is. Mm-hmm. And what inevitably happens is everyone's vote for what is, quote unquote, the good is considered equal. And so... That's the that's exactly the thing is like John Christ's fans, mm-hmm. right? Who may or may not be wise and just themselves, they'll decide they if if they 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 may act out of their own self interest. The people on Twitter are acting out of their own self interest. John Christ is acting out of his own self interest. The people who are canceling his special on Netflix are acting out of their own self interest. Everyone's acting out of their own self interest. So no one is considering what actually is the best thing for all the parties involved. You know, I, I feel like it's it's a it's a toss up between like two bad solutions. The the first the first bad solution is we let the market decide. The second bad solution is we allow whoever controls the means of whatever this influence is to decide. Mm-hmm. And both of which we've seen are not are not working. Right. Like, again, I want to pull it back to the coronavirus thing, which is I thought what we were talking about. We we're talking about John Chris. And so I'm confused. Yeah. yeah. But, sorry. We're, that, the, the reason we got on this tangent was because I talked about cancel culture as a moralism. I yes, I see. But I, this this will this will translate. I promise I can okay. pull I can pull it back to coronavirus. I believe you can. The thing with the coronavirus is like the there's there clearly is a market for people who desire information about the coronavirus that is not coming from the CDC. Like there very clearly is like a group of people that is not an insignificant group of people that have decided that um, the information that is being told to them through quote unquote official channels is not, is not, they, they have canceled that information. It is not trustworthy. Yeah. They've canceled it and they, and they have decided <laughs> to replace it with non-problematic information Sure, that they're getting from other sources. Now to probably a majority of people that looks backwards, right? That doesn't make any sense. Like you should cancel the thing that's very clearly out of the mainstream and, and get everybody back in the mainstream. But that's, but that's effectively the, the, the same logic and same, I would say process that's used to get rid of 
everything, right? Is we've, we've taken this information, we've decided it's problematic, we're going to protest it, we're going to cancel it, and we're going to get our news from a different place mm-hmm. and or get our content or whatever from a different place. And so it, it to me, it's like, and then the response comes in from these official channels and, and shutting down YouTube accounts and shutting down Twitter accounts and just, it's, I mean, you're, you're chopping off a Hydra at this point and it's just going to keep growing. There's no way for the official body to handle it because the other side of the coin is working in the opposite direction. And I just don't think we should be surprised that this is what's Plus happening. These kinds of accounts drive up engagement. So they secretly exactly. don't want. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we should like a lot of people are just shocked that I, I just can't, I don't even believe I can't understand how people would be listening to XYZ pundit talk about XYZ theory about the lab leak or about the vaccine or about whatever. When in reality, it's like, they're just following the formula that they've seen over and over again. When people decide that they want to, not listen to someone and had deemed them problematic and then go and listen to someone else. That's, that's the, the habit that we've created. Yeah. And so it's, it's not shocking to me, but I think the solution to this, this global phenomenon is profoundly personal. Okay. The, the, what, what I, what I, I texted you a picture of the documentary about Fauci yes, on Disney did. plus. Yes. You I did. thought that was hilarious. It I is thought kind that of was funny. so funny that a, a bureaucrat, from the NIH or wherever he's from, mm-hmm. uh, got a documentary made about him because he happened to be the guy in the chair when the pandemic hit. You know what I yes. mean? Like the only reason why anyone would care about a documentary is because we were all about Dr. Fauci is because we were glued to our television sets for about a month and a half at the beginning of the pandemic. And he was talking every single week and we were like, this guy is so smart. You know, um, the only, like there, there's nothing I don't there's nothing immediately apparent about his life that's incredibly interesting I don't know him maybe he came from like an interesting background and they want to tell a story about how he got to be a, a just a mid-level bureaucrat in, in a health agency but the joke that I made was like could you imagine if there was a famine would like the guy from the Department of Agriculture get a documentary made about him anyway, maybe depends maybe right um it the fact that the fact that he got a documentary made about him shows you that anybody can randomly have a ton of influence Mm -hmm. like he went to cornell he was a privileged guy smart dude you know but like muriel went to cornell you know she she's a friend of mine you know what i mean like why don't we have a muriel documentary why don't we have a muriel documentary that would be interesting you know it's like it's like anybody can become randomly influential you never know how much influence you're going to have and so like the reality is we all need to become more virtuous we really, we really, really, really need to just read the Bible, mm-hmm. read Proverbs, read mm-hmm. wisdom, understand where wisdom comes from, that it begins with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which means you need to grow in wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. Yes. Because any one of us could become the quote unquote expert that people are looking to. Mm-hmm. And you could be the you could be the guy at Facebook who makes a decision whether or not this post or this account stays up and you should be able to use what, and you're not going to make perfect decisions. You're not going to make perfect decisions. Like the, the problem with expertise is that it gives you, it gives the idea that the, the policies and the, um, the policies and the, and the strategies that we have for these things are set in stone and perfectly like because this person knows exactly how COVID works. He also must know how, or because he knows how diseases work. He also must know how to prevent a global pandemic. Um, the number of which we've experienced in our lifetimes accounts, amounts to exactly one. Uh, he must know exactly what to do. I, I wanna, I wanna read 
a very specific, uh, I want to read a very specific policy section from this article that I didn't copy and paste into my script, but I think, I think it bears, it bears repeating here because it was a good illustration of how ridiculous, um, the, the policies can be without just the basic, like, I don't want to do this, so I'm not going to wear a mask. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I bristle at the idea that that having kids wear masks at school is child abuse. I think that's a little goofy. I think saying that's a little goofy. I think but sending I think... your kids to public school is child abuse. <laughs> but he, he, he made he made a good point, right? So he he used he uses this one example. In mid twenty this is all a quote, so just assume that I'm quoting until I say that I'm not quoting anymore. Sounds good. In mid two thousand and twenty, the state of Ohio mandated that large outdoor events like festivals should be conducted according to this rule. Quote Individuals must avoid gathering in groups and attempt at all times to maintain social distancing. When gathered together, individuals should be in a group of no more than 10 individuals that is separated from other groups by at least six feet, end quote. Notice, first of all, that the rule supposes you will disobey it. You must avoid gathering, but also when you are gathered. Notice that it also supposes that society is made up of individuals instead of families, and certainly not of families with more than 10 people. Notice also the number 10 has been plucked out of the air. Notice that by the time the edict was issued, the general risklessness of outdoor events was well known. And take a moment to try and imagine the movements of these groups. If any part of each group must stay six feet from any part of another group when the groups mill about during a festival, each member would have to maintain an impressive awareness to avoid encroachment from passersby. How could one even tell from a distance whether one was looking at two groups of five or one group of ten that was just a little far apart in the middle? The determination would be of great importance to one's own maneuvers. One could rhapsodize on the idiocy of this passage for days. It is it necessary to ask, had the person who wrote this ever met a human being? One indeed is tempted to wonder whether they are human beings. Those who wrote approved and promulgated such nonsensical dribble, etc., etc. Um, we all have to walk around like the delightful children from down the lane. Exactly. As it's a like, unit. It, it's that, this, is, this, this policy, it's... I've written COVID policies. Do you know what I mean? Like I've had to because everyone expects them. Sure. And the reality is, right, it's like the the COVID policy in, in the Diocese of Pittsburgh for faith formation now because the governor of PA mandated it for all schools, not public schools, all schools, which is interesting. Um, fun that he, that he can do that. It's interesting. And this is actually right after a, uh, a an amendment to the Constitution was passed that uh, was not passed. People voted on it, but it wasn't passed. That would limit his powers in state of emergency. So if we if they had voted that in, he wouldn't be able to do this, which is interesting. But anyway, so we had we we formed a policy. The Diocese of, of Pittsburgh formed a policy in accordance with this rule um, that you have to wear a mask except when engaged in physical activity, either indoors or outdoors. Okay. And so I was like, "What constitutes as long as activity? you are extant, you can you right? don't have to wear a mask." <laughs> like, what is it? What constitutes physical activity? Like, if it's a if it's Breathing. a if it's a physical game, right? Like, so if it's a physical game that involves physical exertion, I think that's the, the wording, physical exertion. So is that like, if I have a game where kids are building a time machine out of cardboard boxes, but they have to run and get supplies, are they able to take their mask off while they're running, but have to put it back on at the table? You know, that it's like, it's. The problem with if it's hard policies, for me to stand up because my legs are a little tired, do I have to, <laughs> do I have to keep mask? my mask on? Yeah, and it's just and it's funny because you know, especially when when you when you work with middle schoolers, a parent was emailing me and she was like, "I'm worried, I don't want to send my kid to faith formation because, um, are you are you requiring masks because we have someone who's we have someone who is uh, at risk at home. Like if they get COVID, it's really bad." 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, you should not send your kid to faith formation. We are requiring masks. You should not send your kid to faith formation because you walk in and every kid looks like this. And you know what I look like. If every kid, their nose is above the mask, or let's be honest, their entire face is above the mask, just around their chin. You know what I mean? Has anybody ever successfully mandated something for seventh graders? No, they do not care. <laughs> no, they're they they're like, I'm going to live forever. I've been living this long, probably right. going to keep doing it. You know, right. they don't they don't have any concept. I can, I can play Fortnite if I get COVID. Exactly, right? Like, they're just like, what what a sick day means. What does a sick day mean? It means I get to sit on my, my, my beanbag chair and eat chips while I play Fortnite or whatever. Yeah. So that that's the reality, right? It's like the law has to take into consideration the the de facto reality of, of human beings and legislate accordingly. Um, but it's very clear that like these things are very arbitrary, like, like the 10 individuals thing. Why 10? 10 fingers is it exactly it's a round number. You know, it's the same reason why we have the metric system. It's based on 10s. It's easy for us to remember, you know, um, the six feet thing makes more sense because that's like, it's like a scientifically measured thing. Exactly. The but number the 10, 10 people is just, thing? just a 10. Just a, they picked it. Yeah. And and so it's like, and that that was a big joke when, when, when at the beginning of this, when gatherings were restricted to 10. I remember Teresa's birthday party we had. It had just been restricted to 10. And we were like, crap, we have 11. But then we thought about it and we were like, what's the difference? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. what is the difference? <laughs> like, I remember at our wedding, we were like... They were like, it has to be 50. And they were like, well, why? He was like, well, we can. He was like, it has to be 50, but I'm willing to do like 75. And I was like, then why have the rule of 50 yeah. if it could be 75? There's no there's no reason, is there? No you know? Reason. And so it's like, yeah. that's the point is like, it's. And that's what a lot of people who don't understand why everyone's all upset about the yeah. restrictions is because the talking about the experts, there are people who have just blindly, unprudentially followed the quote unquote wisdom of the experts their entire lives. Right. And so what is being told to them to, to them is it it would be as if God himself had come down and said (laughs) 10 people, right? Ten people, Because that's, that's the, the way that they've thought this whole time anything that comes through these, these particular um, information pipelines, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that I know are always 100% true and I can trust them. That is for a variety of reasons, but that's the case. And so when they see people not obeying it, they're, it would be as if, you know, like what we see when we see people who are just acting not in accord with human nature. It's like, why are you doing, obviously this is bad for you, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're getting drunk every weekend and you're hooking up with people and you're sad. Like, can you not put the dots together? I can put the dots together, but you can't. Like, that's the same response that they have. It's like, how how can you not see this thing that's so clear to everyone else? And but, I would say the converse is also true, where the other side has this moralism of, I, I put this I put this down. Um, I think we should think independently. Okay, so the, oh, I, I do want to add this one thing in real quick. Pray, pay, and obey is like a Catholic version of moralism. There is a Catholic version of moralism that just focuses on, reduces virtue to a set of external actions. That was something that I wanted to bring up after the cancel culture thing. But the biggest problem is that uh, he, he he mentions this quote, which I think we should, we should keep in mind forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, public opinion is not the sum of private opinions anymore. On the contrary, private opinions are just an echo of public opinion. Uh, I think we need to think independently of public opinion, and that is not in the right-wing, quote, don't trust the mainstream media way, which is also a kind of moralism. Don't trust the mainstream media. Don't blindly follow orders, right? Like, those are also kinds of moralism. Sometimes you should just 
follow the rules. Like if you see all these videos of people who refuse to wear masks in grocery stores and get arrested because they're making a scene, it's like, it would be better for you to just put on the mask. Mm-hmm. And this idea of like, well, I don't want to just blindly follow. Yeah, that's true. But it's like the difference is just put on the thing mm-hmm. and it's not going to hurt you. Um, but, you know, it's like it's I will wear a mask because it's like, why not? You know? Yeah. There's really no I don't want to. And like when I'm at when I'm at youth ministry, it's like very uncomfortable and I take my mask off so I can talk. But again, it's like that's the thing that. <laughs> The when you can take your mask off versus putting it back on, like on airplanes, you have to like take your mask off, take a bite, put the mask back on. You know, it's like it's really funny because you could imagine like, what if I don't? Is the is the is the flight attendant going to be like, oh, you you held it down a little too long, mm-hmm. sir? I'm gonna have it's to the ask exact you to step same thing the plane. <laughs> when it was in restaurants and everything. Yeah. You know, it's like COVID when you're on your way to your table, and then like COVID when you're at your table. You know, yeah, it's like, like all oh, of a sudden, man, I can't get you. I dang, can't I can't get, get him because he's sitting down. Like that, it's the addition of all of those things mm-hmm. that I think have led people to just say things like "don't trust the mainstream media" and have and now with these the the kooky stuff about the vaccine and the, I mean, everyone's social. Like, I can't believe there's so much vaccine hesitancy. Like, we just need to educate. And it's like, no, these people have been quote unquote educated by these these outlets for months and months and months and months and months and over and over and over again like probably seven times out of ten the thing that they've been educated on has either been walked back or proven to be nonsense like i remember when people at the beginning of the pandemic were saying masks don't do anything yeah does anyone else remember that i feel like i'm going crazy and the reason they were saying that was because they didn't want hospitals to run out of masks yes and so they're like don't get masks not gonna help that much Mm mm-hmm And now it's like masks are essential. Now I do understand there is a difference because people were like masks aren't going to protect you, but they will protect other people from you. And there's like droplet spread versus aerosol spread. Anyway, it's, but that's the thing is like, there's, there, there's so much because the, because the expertise keeps changing Mm -hmm. because we're developing knowledge about this thing. We don't, we're so used to in our, in our day and age, having all of the answers readily available to us Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden when we don't, we're like, Oh no, Oh no. What's going to happen that like some people act that way. People aren't able to people aren't able to distinguish between emergency use authorization versus like an unapproved an unapproved vaccine. Right. Like people are they they hear they hear emergency use authorization and they hear this must not be safe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I, I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that I think that we're far enough past the 75% mark of inoculation where we can pretty much safely say that there's no, at least short-term adverse effects right. to that, the, the vaccine. <laughs> that is the key too. That's the other thing is like, there are some people who might be legitimately afraid of long-term adverse effects. Yeah. In the same way that there's long-term adverse effects from the coronavirus, people are worried that there might be long-term adverse effects from vaccines because it's not an uncommon thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I also don't trust, I don't trust most experts because a lot of people are saying we need to open up the economy right now. We gotta, we gotta open up, we gotta open up right now. We gotta do it. We gotta open it right now because we gotta see the economy. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily trust that people will, that people in power will make decisions that aren't based on the financial gain of their own. So uh, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is, is that the, there are a lot of people that have been, it feels like they've been handicapped sure. by the, maybe not handicapped. What's the word? Kneecapped? Mm-hmm. What, yeah, kneecapped. But they're trying to figure out sure. like, what's the right thing to do? Because going back to your moralisms thing, right? 
the the super provax uh cautious folk that we all know that are the people that are in charge of all of the media um <laughs> they say moralisms like one life lost is too many right yes and yeah. so in some people's minds they see things and they see doctors and people saying you know online hey we're treating people with ivermectin not horse paste the actual made the for actual human beings human ivermectin drugs, yes. right uh, we're treating people with this and it's it's helping it's got this like you know 98 percent efficacy with the with the number of patients that we've treated and then they're seeing these people saying they're and then you know jimmy kimmel comes on and says rest in peace wheezy when he's talking about someone you know dying because they ate horse paste and oh gosh like, yeah that's what he said and like people are just completely yeah. making fun of people who are are ingesting this goo which Obviously, people who are just eating the goo is is that's not right. It is but, in in their defense, it is apple flavored. Yes, but it. So for the people who are legitimately trying smart. to, I love the way apples taste, not the way they crunch. Apples are delicious. Like, they're amazing. I love the crunch. People who are legitimately trying <laughs> to figure out a way to protect themselves and their family members because they're for whatever reason, it doesn't even really mm-hmm. matter the reason that they don't want the vaccine, are being completely blasted by yeah. everyone for. For even just asking like legitimate questions, because early in the pandemic, there, you, I mean, that's the other thing is there are those videos of, of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris talking about, you know, if if Trump's vaccine gets approved, I'm going to be hesitant to take it. All these things. And then and then it switched and then it switches. I, and so it's like, dude, I, just, I literally wrote an article for New Polity that they didn't respond to me about that predicted okay. this exact thing. Right. And it I just was like, seems, it's, I feel like I yeah. feel like I'm in. This is this is a this is this this book gets quoted too much, but a very specific part of 1984 where they're like mm-hmm. switching who they're at war with. Yeah, yeah. Things things switch all the time. Yes. Things like oh now um, closing the borders apparently back in the day in like in like the 1990s oh. closing the borders used to be a very liberal position. The left was like no we got to oh, close yeah. the borders, but the right was like no 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 everyone in the world should be able to go wherever they want mm-hmm. because they're all free people. You know, that was the idea. It was like because national. the more immigrants we have coming here, the more we can uh, exploit their labor. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the, the 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 point was not this. That might have been the ulterior motive. I'm not sure. But the the point was a very liber- libertarian position of sure. National borders are fake. We should be very open, and everyone should be able to go wherever they want. And the liberal position was no, 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 no. Close borders, national sovereignty, nationalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it flipped, where the left is like, no, globalism is great. Their borders don't really matter, and the conservative position is no. We got to lock up those borders real tight, baby. And it's 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 because moralisms allow you to hold contradictory opinions. So a contradictory opinion, one side of that opinion is going to come out, and the other one is going to uh, go away. And I, I think this is this is a little bit of a two coke fallacy, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to have a, a serious discussion of like I don't subscribe to the you have a moral obligation to receive the vaccine. I don't subscribe to that. Um, mostly because if I did, I would be in trouble. It's a bit of a two cookway fallacy because if you are legally or not legally, if you are morally obligated to vet, get vaccines, I have sinned 24 times because I've never gotten a flu shot. You know what I mean? Like we're about to get a lot of angry emails from people. Every, every year I forget to get a flu shot and I'm like, Oh crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get it sometimes um, on the years where I can get up enough. Cur- I'm just scared of needles, man. Yeah, I like needles. I, I, I really, I, I really don't like needles. Really hate them. Yeah. And so I know I need to get over it. And sometimes I get the flu shot, but to be honest, I don't always get the flu shot. I always get the flu you shot. Know? But that's the thing is like, it's like if you, if, if you are saying now that it's morally, you're morally obligated to get the vaccine, I would like to know 
because people do die from the flu. Um, are you also morally for you would then you would then logically consistently you would be morally obligated to get the vaccine the flu vaccine unless you want to say you're more obligated now because more people would die in which case I would call you a utilitarian because you're not more morally obligated to do something because it'll prevent more loss of life I don't know it's it's an interesting question and I think we need to have I think I think we need to shift our understanding of this away from away from the public opinion of it. I think we need to recognize that our private opinions are formed by the public opinion, not the other mm-hmm. way around. And we mm-hmm. shouldn't let moralism define our conversations. Nuance, nuance, baby. It's hard to come by these days. I just hate that the feeling that anytime I was in a, uh, a business setting recently. Is that so? And uh, I was with a group of people. And one of the people in that group, there were six of us total standing there, or five of us total standing there, just at one point stopped the conversation and looked around and said, hey, we're all vaccinated here, right? Um, and then proceeded to go on for probably five to ten minutes about how ridiculous it is that people aren't getting the vaccine. But the yeah. under the undertone throughout the whole thing was, I can't believe all those stupid poor people aren't getting the vaccine. Whoa, what? Well, that they, but they never said that explicitly, right? Yeah. No, one, no one's ever saying that, but it's, that's the, that is the tone that is coming across in a lot of places right now. It's really funny how like both liberals and conservatives do that with like mm-hmm. their, their ideological enemies. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the high minded liberal paints the conservative as just a gun toting country boy and the, and the conservatives paint the liberals as these like broke college students just want to hand out. It seems like we just really hate the poor. I think that's what yeah. it is. We just really don't yeah. like the poor. Uh, some might say we need a preferential option for the poor. We, I would agree with whoever said that. Yes. I think whoever said that should also be the one true church of Christ. I think whoever said that is <laughs> legitimately the Pope. Um, the, And so I just, that's the, the other thing too is I, not that I mind getting lumped in with stupid poor people because I generally fit into that category. <laughs> um, but the, I feel like there's no way for any kind of rational discussion about the things that we've talked about here today and other things too, um, because it's immediately, you know, are you completely on board with everyone being forced to get vaccinated or not? <laughs> Um, yeah. And as soon as you bring up the idea of like, well, actually, if we made rapid testing available in every single American household at the same low, low cost that we made vaccines available for everybody in America, that might provide a really reasonable and safe alternative for people who, for whatever reason, don't want to get the vaccine. So maybe instead of continuing to push this narrative and deepening the divide, we could provide an alternative because we had enough money in the government somewhere to create this brand new vaccine out of thin air and very obviously we can just make money very obviously we can it doesn't like the government is not restrained when it comes to authorizing things in emergency situations for mass production right like according to according to like these 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 articles that i read when i when we were talking about the debt the debt thing mm -hmm. very obviously apparently we don't have to pay any of this money back so like let's just keep printing it baby exactly so it's like drill baby drill so to speak (laughs) drill baby drill but now you look at you know what how much a rapid accurate at-home test costs it's like 25 bucks from cvs and they're all sold out and you can't get one yeah and so 
you just have to ask well, the no, question. Well, no, Ethan, very like, clearly they're only making a dollar profit, and those tests only cost, they actually cost $24. They actually cost $24. It's, again, it's just, I don't want to bring this all back pharmacy. to, like, I don't want to bring this back to whole big pharma controls everything, but there are multi-billion dollar companies lobbying for particular policies behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And it just so happens that those particular policies fall in line with everyone has to get vaccinated, right? And they do not fall in line with everyone has to get tested because if people get tested and they decide not to come home, then they don't spread the virus. And if they don't spread the virus, then there's no continued incentive for everyone to get vaccinated and all of these big companies to continue making money at the breakneck pace that they've made money over the last however many years because the United States government just dumped all of their money. Like Donald Trump opened up the safe in the Oval Office and just <laughs> and just said, "Hey, all you guys, come on in here. Come on Operation, in here." And- Operation Warp Speed. We forget how it worked. He gave to six. So they they took six companies. Okay, mm-hmm. talk about oligar. Talk about oligopoly. Okay, took yep. six companies and said, "Okay, you guys each get a hundred million dollars, whether you succeed or not." Okay, mm-hmm. so make a vaccine. You two do it this way. You two do it this way. You two do it this way. And three succeeded. Four, mm-hmm. three or four succeeded, and that's how we got to where we are. Right? Yeah. Um, that's crazy. That's a. Yes. L- but like, I mean, imagine if like the government could just write a check for a hundred million dollars. Very obviously, we could. It wasn't in the budget mm-hmm. for this fiscal year. Um, imagine if we just. Imagine if we just wrote, and everyone, everyone who needed it got insulin. You know what I mean? Like, imagine, imagine right. if we, imagine if we took care of our That's, people. That is the, yeah. the crazy, the the most bonkers thing that I feel like not enough people are discussing is just We're, the fact that our government can decide when something is important, important enough to to really fix. Like they really, like we really did, we really did be out here not having a vaccine, and then we really did be having a vaccine. We did in, actually warp speed that vaccine in like nine months. Huge, yeah. It was crazy, right? And and then we see things like. The infrastructure of our city is falling apart. Crazy amounts of homelessness, crazy amounts of drug addictedness, people going broke because they can't afford their surgeries or whatever. And so you just have to ask the question, like, what, how, who decides, right? And the, experts, the answer, the policy experts, right, exactly. and the financial experts, the policy decide, experts yeah. who are in the, in the pockets of the lobbyists, right? Why did the <laughs> Afghanistan war go on for as long as it did? Why is big farmer in control of everything? Why is corn subsidized? Like the, all of these questions that are really, really ruining American life. It all comes back to that. And we just are like, oh, it's, it's the fault of this, these poor Republicans, you know, and they're such idiots because they're not doing this. And we're not, we're not looking in the places where yeah. the problems are coming from. And that, that's what, that's, that comes back to like my point is like, I think, I think the solution to this is profoundly personal. I think we all need to get incredibly virtuous because we all need to burn down the houses of the rich. No, 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 no. This is not my point. <laughs> I, I, I think we all need to become incredibly, incredibly virtuous because like mm-hmm. lobbyists are not just some dude in the lobby of a hotel waiting for a congressman to walk in like they used to be, which is why they're called lobbyists. Yes. Um, or lobby of, was it the lobby of Congress? I might be, one, my, my cousin listens to the podcast. They were in a lobby somewhere. Yeah, they were in a lobby somewhere. That's called lobbyists. But there, there are people who are like just people, just yeah. dudes and dudettes just working for these, these companies and these corporations. Mm-hmm that can make a difference you know like whistleblowers at facebook you know how many people read those internal documents before someone came forward and said hey facebook's doing something bad guys you know and then how many whistleblowers there will be in the future there's so there's gonna be so many but it's like that kind of that kind of brazen disregard for your own personal gain in the interest of the public good is the kind of virtue that we're talking about Mm -hmm. and like people people who 
are virtuous and wise don't necessarily have to be in charge to make a difference. It's tempting to say the, the, the solution is we need to elect virtuous senators. Fine. Not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's just really not. Name the most virtuous person you know. He's probably not. He or she is probably not anywhere close to being elected as a public official. You know why? Because wise people want to be around wise people, and so they wouldn't become <laughs> politicians. That's my point. I'm just kidding. Yes. I'm just kidding. One of my good no, friends you ran don't need for to joke city council. That. But it's like the what here's 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 the real thing though. I was listening to a podcast about <laughs> I was listening to a podcast about uh it was my QAnon podcast, okay? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's a phenomenon in the QAnon movement about um taking over local offices. Yeah. So they're like, okay, Trump lost, the storm didn't happen. The only way we can make a difference now is by joining the local school board and by joining the local uh, party council, right? And it's working and it's yeah. happening and like nice. These, good for them in <laughs> local, a way. Local action. Good good for them in a way. I heard my home county as a list uh, as one of these counties that's seeing an influx you're, of, of You're telling me that Brevard County is having an influx of QAnon supporters? Waiter just dox me. What are you doing? We've said it on the podcast before. <laughs> oh, yeah, Everyone knows where Florida. you're from. <laughs> my home county and they said Brevard County. So I was like, that sounds a lot like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. And uh, funny, actually, the only other the only other time I found I heard my home county in a in a book was when, oh, it was a, it was an episode of Pints of Aquinas. He was mentioning, it was, he was talking about Fifty Shades of Grey, and he was talking about a, a library network that banned Fifty Shades of Grey from the library, mm. and it was Brevard County Libraries. So that's cool. Nice. Brevard County's always in the news. Yeah, always in the news, man. But anyway, my, my point with that is, like, they recognize the power of and they're they're not making decisions out of virtue either they're no. making decisions based on their they're making their they have a the, this 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 faction of the of the right wing has moralisms as well like do your own research mm-hmm. and trust the plan and these things are all like moralisms of, of q mm-hmm. but like stop they, the steal stop the steal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy locker the up other day that, the other day we were playing fishbowl uh-huh. And I was at the, <laughs> I spoke at a retreat for sure. college students. So they were playing fishbowl before my talk and I was there and we were having a good time. And there was a dispute about how many points a certain team had gotten. And some people were claiming that they had beat our team. And I shouted, stop the steal. And, <laughs> and no one, no one else laughed no except, for the, except for the priest. <laughs> that's really funny. It was great. I, um, yeah, but that, that's like, that's, that's interesting. Um, it was interesting for me to hear that because it's like, that's what I've heard Catholics talking about forever. And like you said, when we were talking about your little, your little community thing, it's like, mm-hmm. no one's actually going to do it. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. one's going to tell you to go be like, go get these low level power. Cause everyone thinks you have to make changes from the top down or bottom up. It's actually not either. It's everyone working in conjunction. So like we all have to, wherever we're status in life, like you have to raise virtuous kids and you have to teach a virtuous classroom and you have to like make virtuous teenagers at your youth ministry. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, sell virtuous real estate. I don't know. It, 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 be virtuous it, while you sell. Real be estate. virtuous while you sell real estate. Yeah. It's you have to do these things um, because otherwise uh, our country's gonna fall apart. And I don't really care. I'll probably be dead, but like my kid might still be alive. So like, yeah. But that that is me operating out of uh, self interestedness in my own kids. I don't know. Maybe self interestedness for your kids is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I I would well I wouldn't say it's self interest if you're doing something for your kids is inherently not self interest. It's yeah. It's you're trying to you're trying to create a better world for create the a next better generation world for your ch- little, little children. I just want everyone to calm down and I want everyone to realize that 
watching the news and reading the news every single day is a poison to your mind. Really bad thing. Oh my yeah. gosh, it sucked when I was it sucked when I was I was watching the news every day. At Phoebe's dad is in, is in the habit of watching the news, and especially mm-hmm. during COVID when we were quarantined. Mm-hmm. And so he would have the news on, and I was like, oh, it's just stressing me out. It's stressing me out. <laughs> you want to get into Dr. Ethan's dating corner? Yes. We've been podcasting for so long. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's not, not I, I, I... All right. You came to the right place, you ding dong. <laughs> it's called communication, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. Yes. This is where a script comes in handy. That is true. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. If you uh, if you are a single boy or girl and uh, you don't want that to be the case anymore, you can go to catholicmatch.com slash crunch. Start your free profile. Free trial. Free, there's no free trial. It's it's a free profile regardless. But if It's you, a free trial that is that lasts forever. If you... <laughs> if you <laughs> use that url you let them know that we sent you and you can support the podcast indirectly i forget to say this all the time like there's so many different ways to support the podcast where that's not patreon yes. and we don't ever say like hey leave us a review on itunes which you totally that's should true do. we always forget to say i leave think us a we we iTunes. at the beginning of our podcast i meant to mention this at the end the beginning of our podcast we pushed reviews a lot and i think that's why we grew so fast yeah because we had like a ton a ton a ton of reviews Mm-hmm. And I don't think we push that anymore. But anyway, leaving a review on iTunes helps with the podcast. Sharing it with friends helps the podcast. That's like most people. They either found it on iTunes at the bottom of like another podcast they listen to. Or mm-hmm. they got told by a friend. Anyway, sorry. Uh, follow at CatholicMatch.com. <laughs> follow at CatholicMatch on Instagram. Uh, anyway, okay. Here, here, is, here, is a, here is a very long Dr. Ethan's dating card. Oh, boy. It's scripted. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Relatively time sensitive. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Friend is back together with an emotionally manipulative dude. How do we set boundaries and bring this to her attention? Question mark, question mark. Okay. Uh, Prisha, she, is 20 and a junior in college. Rosh, he, what, man, these are really difficult names to pronounce. Uh, Rosh, a dude, is 23, graduated from college in 2021. We are friends, um, but maybe not Rosh, but we do know him well. They're both Catholic, live in the same state, and went to the same college until Rosh graduated. Uh, we had both known Prisha and Rosh since <laughs> in the fall of 2019. Pick easier names. <laughs> These Prussia, are both aliases. Prussia and Ross. Prussia and Russia have, <laughs> are dating. Um, since the fall of 2019, but they did not know each other until a year later in October 2020. Mm-hmm. We all became friends through our Catholic center and started to spend a lot of time together. Uh, Rosh later admitted he joined the friend group to spend time with Prisha. Uh, in February, Rosh and Prisha started to date. This is where everything starts to go downhill. While they oh. were dating, they moved very quickly. She's not into kissing before marriage, uh, so there wasn't a lot of physical touching besides hugging and holding hands. About a month later, she broke up with him because he needed to work on his relationship with Jesus. They both immediately after breaking up had hopes they would get back together and talked multiple times after the breakup in the following week about the breakup. Uh, mm. Needless to say, it was weird and messy. A lot went down post-breakup. Since they were both apart of our friend group before they started dating somehow the entire five other people in the friend group got involved in the breakup adding to the messiness and making us choose sides great anyways in the weeks following the breakup he continued to hang out with us even though it made us uncomfortable because he started to emotionally manipulate us to pity him and feel bad for him nice uh, and feel bad for us already being better friends with prisha the girl before Uh he even got there uh-huh. He also started vaping. Boom. <laughs> and the night after the breakup, he definitely downloaded Tinder and went and slept with somebody. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if we need to say that. 
Yeah, I don't. Like, if, do we even know if that's true? Like, what, let's just, let's not slander a person. Yeah, this is, jeez. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know. I, that definitely is doing a lot of work. All right. Uh, he then, about a week after the breakup, told her about the Tinder date and vaping. Okay. So it's confirmed. Uh, oh, she gosh. was really hurt by what he did, especially sleeping with another person, but still wanted to get back together with him. Oh. Fast forward about a month. She decided to check in with him. No, he why? Had moved, <laughs> he moved five hours away to another state after graduation. Uh-huh. They both started to talk over FaceTime weekly throughout the summer, and one day they decided they would virtually get coffee. What? Um, instead of them both drinking coffee at their houses, they each decided to go to a coffee shop in their respective cities. Weird. This on is that so day, strange. Raj, on that day, he flew to where she lived and surprised her at the coffee shop. Oh, Apparently, he was visiting that's... his family an hour away, but they were, but we were skeptical. Mm-hmm. He, she was very surprised and thought it was sweet. The rest of the friend group thinks it's a bit weird. Uh, yeah. But afterwards, he told her that he wanted to start virtually dating. And she said no. she wasn't ready, but yes. decided she would go on a virtual date with him every other week. No! They've been dating <laughs> and talking ever since in order to figure out if they should start really dating. Basically, everyone thinks and knows they're dating except her. Uh, he has now moved back to the same state as her and visited what? her at college. She doesn't believe that she's dating him, despite they talk every week for the past month and a half. She has not acknowledged the hurt that he caused her and her friends and her sister and her cousin and herself. As a note, we have tried to give them space after the breakup without success. We also shared our concerns with her about him and the literal emotional trauma he caused us. Um, our question is... <laughs> our question is, are there Sorry. any red flags? <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> this man is the nation of China, and you're asking me if there's any red flags? <laughs> if there are, <laughs> okay, oh, if there are, how do we have a conversation with her when we've already tried many times? We want her not to be emotionally manipulated, but we feel like she's blinding herself to his issues. How do we set boundaries with her since we are not comfortable around him? Uh, thanks for the comedic relief and the quality response. So maybe she will listen to us. Also, love the show. Thanks. Gosh, I mean, she probably won't enjoy listening to this because we've told her that she's done the wrong thing every step along the way. Oh my gosh! It's. I want to say this thing. One. Well, I, I want to say this one thing real quick. Please. People don't. People who are actively striving after virtue. Maybe I don't want to say that. Try it. Try again. Take another pass. People who have. People who are virtuous. Don't just decide. People who have, who are chaste and good people, don't just decide to download Twitter, download Tinder, and have it on a one night stand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he. Not to mention the vaping. That's the more egregious <laughs> the of the two. Part. That's the worst at least, part. Doesn't he? At least I can TikTok see there's ads? some there's some kind of natural good. Like Tinder is this the seeking after the distortion of the natural beauty of the marital act. There's nothing good about vaping. Like there's, you're, you're pursuing, you're pursuing it of an empty sure, cloud yeah. of, of shame. <laughs> empty cloud of shame. <laughs> I, it's just like, I, I, the, the fact that, I mean, it takes so much. I don't. I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy. I don't want to make judgments based on just his internal external actions, but like, I do. The fact that, <laughs> the fact that he broke up with someone and then was able to go do that shows me that like that was already like an option in his mind before. I don't. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. The am fact I, that it I, was like the wasn't it the day of the week of like? Yeah. Like you break up if you break up with someone 
and you really love them and care for them and desire them to be holy, and you're breaking up with them because you need to work on your relationship with Jesus, Mm -hmm. the first thing that you do is not begin to vape and download Tinder. Like, that is so bonkers. Like, yeah. And and in addition to the emotional manipulation of the friends, and obviously we don't know how true this is, right? We know we're just, this is one person's word. And I'm not saying that everyone who uses Tinder is like, you know, a serial adulterer. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) No, no, no. Ethan, Ethan, you can use Tinder to find friends too. It's also a friend finding. It's a friend finding. Just like Craigslist. Let's just, let's just ask questions. What does Tinder use for? Like, Uh, like, like before it was an app. What, what was Tinder? To start a fire. (laughs) Yes. So, what place does Jesus talk about that has fire in it? <laughs> Gehenna. <laughs> Where the fire is not quenched and the worm it does it, not die. <laughs> you you are correct. <laughs> it ain't the forests of the of the of of you know the beautiful uh-huh. places. You uh-huh. know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it's yeah, I, I think um but yeah, it just that, that his actions show that he is not in a place to be with a person who very let's, clearly doesn't want to kiss before marriage. You know what I mean? Let's like, think about t- times that it's okay to surprise someone by f- by traveling five hours. Um, <laughs> when you're when you're seriously dating and about to be engaged, that's you're allowed to surprise. When yeah. you've been you're in the military and you're coming back from a deployment, you are allowed to travel <laughs> long hours, distances. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, more than five hours. You're allowed to come back and surprise. Um, when you have um, maybe like you went a long ways and you got a gift and you're coming back and you're bringing a gift times when you maybe are not allowed to travel long distances and surprise someone when you broke up with someone slept with someone on tinder started vaping and set up a virtual coffee date this guy thinks he's ross from friends he does think he's rosh from friends he's rosh (gasps) rosh from friends oh my gosh they were on a break it's yeah. okay. Like it's this dude thinks that he's being all romantic, but he's doing the. This is this. This is so bizarre mm-hmm. that you would. Uh, I just can't even imagine. Me and Emma started dating long distance. She lived in Michigan. Um, she had moved to Nebraska. She was in Michigan. We talked while she was in Michigan, and then she moved to Nebraska for a little bit. We started dating when she lived in in Nebraska, but she, we knew that she was moving to Oklahoma, right? Like it yeah. wasn't. It was a whole package deal, and. Uh, but and I was willing when she was still living in Michigan, I was willing to fly there, you know, mm-hmm. and like see her. But that was after we had known each other for a year and been talking like every single day for about two months. And neither of us had, uh, you know, dated another person or like it yeah. was a it was a natural progression. And so it was like, all right, now is the time. This is a total. This is like a we we dated. We broke up and I moved to another city and then we talked for a little bit and then i flew in to surprise you like i just that just is so we we dated it sucked the whole time we broke up i literally because you tried to get me to betray my conscience like the federal government and (laughs) wait did they i don't think they they didn't break up because he tried to get her to sleep with him it wasn't stated but i have to assume that it's true do you think that's true i i don't want to assume i don't want to assume but listen this guy rosh he's really given me a rash let me just say that he's given me he's given me like he's he's given me he's given me you would do that if you loved me vibes yeah yeah that's that's the vibes i'm picking up oh my that's like that's like that's what happened that's the 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 started vaping 
those vibes are the where's my hug vibe but like six uh-huh. years later you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any red flags yes there are red yes there flags. are red flags are what so do you many. do i don't know man i think you gotta i think you gotta keep being friends with this girl and explicitly do not be friends with this guy i think you be friends with this girl and tell her hey here's all the ways that this guy is not a person that you should date uh, i don't actually know if that's gonna help ethan What's the alternative? That they're, they're getting just in the way of their love. You don't understand. No. You understand. That, you understand. No. You, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Caught in a bad romance. Okay. That's where they are. They're, they're caught in a bad romance. They, they hate that they love each other. They don't, they need each other. That's, that's how they feel. They, let they, me tell you this. What? <laughs> Thank you for letting me interrupt that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've been keeping their distance. That's what she said at the end or yeah, the friend yeah. said at the end. We've been keeping our distance and we're letting them do what they, but apparently it's bad enough that they need to write into a podcast to, to, to figure out what to ask if there are any red flags. So that must mean that it's bad enough to warrant some kind of intervention because they've already done the, you know, let them do their thing. We're not going to intervene, but it's, if I was in this position Uh and I was wanting to date a girl who had started vaping, I would want someone to stop me, you know, yeah, like it might be weird and uncomfortable, but you got to at least let her know like, Hey, we're all like all of us that get everybody. Like we're all not on board with this and we all love you. Yeah. That this is a bad idea. This is a, this is bad. An intervention might help, but also like, man, it'd be a lot easier if social media didn't exist. I was like, literally just like borrow her phone for something and just block his number. And she'll be like, why isn't he texting me? <laughs> I don't know if that would work. If we're talking about wisdom here. That might not be wise. It's not, it's not very wise at all. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I think, I mean, if they live, wait, hold on. Did I may have missed? I may have missed something at the end. Are they? They moved back to the same city. Oh, shoot! Dang it! I know he lives there now. Dang it! That they sucks. waited too long. They waited too long to block his number. Dang it! They wanted to virtually I date. I don't think that's the solution. Ross has moved. I think it is. Ross has now moved back to the same state as her. Uh, and visits her at college. So you and me are from big, big states where big states, yeah. even if you're in the same state, could be far, far away. You could be a big state too. Oy. <laughs> As a note, we have tried to give them space. Don't give them space. Give him space. Like, don't ask her to hang out with. I honestly, because like. Every time she mentions him, say who? It's very clear that she doesn't recognize that she does not deserve to be treated this way. Like, yeah. and that's a problem. That's a problem. And what you need now more than ever is not to leave her alone. Um, like in, in terms of a support system, like she needs a support system where, you know, just like nonchalant, like that's actually not like the way you deserve to be treated. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have said that. Because I'm, I'm sure there's other things besides the big red flags that you've mentioned. Uh, and so like, you need to be there for her. I would invite her to hang out. Um, and explicitly say girls night because then she'll at least have an excuse for her mm-hmm. boyfriend to not come and hang out with the quote unquote friend group. Mm-hmm. Uh, because friend groups can be codependent in this weird way where the girls never hang out without the guys and the guys never hang out without the girls. And it's like, that's not yeah, that's good. Weird. Cause you need, you need sisterhood among one another. You can't just have this weird, like sibling ish relationship where you guys are all like together yeah, it's it, you need you need brotherhood and sisterhood amongst each other. I'm back on my brotherhood BS. 
I have to I have to do a video for Catholic Match about it. I signed a contract like months ago and I stopped caring about it, but I got to do it anyway. I got it. I'm November. I'm filming my Rule of Brotherhood course for Catholic Match Plus. Nice Catholic Match Plus. Yeah, there's a Catholic Match Plus. It's a streaming service. It's a streaming service. Yeah, where you get you get a uh, boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> a digital boyfriend. Oh yeah, I I can I can I guess we should promo that because they sponsor us. Yeah, Catholic Match Plus. They're gonna have like courses on how to date. It's actually gonna be a lot better than their blog. It's gonna be like yeah, their blog instead of the Catholic Match Institute that they had. They're doing Catholic Match Plus, where you just you just get like the blog essentially funnels into the courses, and so nice. I'm gonna have a course on Catholic Match Plus on how to grow in brotherhood. It's gonna Sweet. Patreon.com/slash/thecrunch, Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/thecrunchcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Share with a friend. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? I didn't script this part. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week.